we're on to episode two of Chronicles <laughs> on the Fly. <laughs> Chronicles on the Fly. So, g'day, Mel. How you going? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. All Can't right. complain. So, Obs is the second podcast. Do you want to talk about some feedback we got from the first? Oh, yeah. I got some How'd you go feedback? From your side? Yeah. Tell us. It was all pretty good. I think everyone thought it was quite, quite good, actually. Mm hmm. Everyone said I breathe too heavy. I'm sorry. <laughs> sinus problems. So I apologise. I'll go see a doctor and get my sinuses redone. So and a bit echoey, I think, where yeah. we were previously. Ah. Um, so yeah, let's not do a podcast from that room again. <laughs> we'll find another one. And so. also, yeah, some audio issues. Uh, I think only one microphone was working. So I was talking across the desk into your microphone. Yes, I think some feedback. I got was that we should probably introduce ourselves a little bit better, a little bit in, more in depth about us, our backgrounds and that type of thing. We did, we spoke about um, like how we know each other and how long we've known mm. each other and things like that. But maybe things like, you know, what, what we do for a living, you know, whereabouts in the world we are, interests, mm. stuff like that. So you want to go first? Go. Well, yeah, I'm based in the northern suburbs of Perth. Um, I have. Yeah, some of us are. <laughs> on the good side of Perth. I'm a, by trade, I'm an accountant and I've uh, been doing it for seven years now. Prior to that, I was in manufacturing and uh, that was quite interesting. So part and part of the manufacturing, I was traveling to and from China and Malaysia. So I have extensive experience in that. Um, Contracting coronavirus. No, it was prior to the swine flu time, actually. <laughs> back then, so no, no, it was the swine flu and avian flu. I think it was back then. So it was interesting, interesting times. I saw massive changes in in China and Malaysia, so great, great experiences. When was the last time you were in China? I was in China last year, actually, this time last year, actually, so right. went back for some other. For a different? Uh, yeah, for different, different. I, I, I dabbled in, I was doing a bit of migration work as well, so I had a few clients over there that were interested, wanted to set up business in Australia, that was interesting, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, China is a, you can spend uh, two podcasts talking about China, fascinating country. Definitely a country of, of extremes. They have some of the most beautiful scenery, some of the most amazing structures, some of the most advanced engineering. And then you go into some factories. What I used to do was like, you pull your hair out and say, really? <laughs> you know, it's like, really? Well, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? So, again, uh, so yeah, it's a country of, of, uh, of, of extremes. I've, 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 I've contrasts. Yep. Contrast, great contrast, you know. Man of many, of many talents. You got a lot of. Um, we're in your office here. Oh, a few certificates hanging and, up. On uh, yeah, a few certificates. So we've got certificates from Edith Cowan University, where we went together. Murdoch. Murdoch. What'd you do at Murdoch? My mm. uh, grad cert in Murdoch, migration law. Migration. Mm. And what else you got? Diploma of financial planning. Yep. Diploma of accounting. So I got a few things on. And the also. A, you're a JP. JP as well. Justice of the peace. Yeah, a judicial officer of the of the court. Unbelievable. Yes. I don't know. Who would have thought? But you're uh, <laughs> fingers in many pies. I like to keep myself busy. That's what. What else? Sport-wise, you know, we obviously like talking about sports. So, what are you? Which teams and sports are you a fan of? Obviously, soccer or football, uh, AFL. Uh, in cricket, and then my main ones, and obviously motorsport. Uh, so and teams you follow? Teams I follow. In the uh, AFL, I follow West Coast. And I also do, don't mind Collingwood, believe it or not. Don't, that should not even be mentioned. <laughs> I have a soft Seriously. spot for Collingwood. I thank my brother-in-law for that. Um, Who has a soft spot for Collingwood? Matt, my brother-in-law, my nephew, you know, so plus they're black and white, you know, so Juventus, so I don't mind them. 
all right, that's one thing, but <laughs> honestly. And, uh, yeah, motorsport. I can't believe you, you even mentioned that. We should cancel this whole buddy podcast. <laughs> Holdens, but uh, no, no longer. We, yeah, we spent and about 15 minutes on that last week. But, uh, yeah. Obviously a Daniel Ricciardo fan. Valentino Rossi. All right. I have, to, I have to pull you up there, okay? Yes. We are obviously of an Italian background. Yes. Born in, born and raised in Perth. Mm-hmm. But we cannot be calling him Daniel Ricciardo. Okay, I know he says it himself, but uh, that's yeah, well, I'm just gonna that's, that's a problem what, that's in what, itself. That's what he's calls himself, so Ricciardo. Yes, correctly in, in Italy, you're right, but yeah, the double C I makes a ch sound. Yes, I understand, right? but it just frustrates me. It, I know, but it's it, like when people say espresso. I yeah. want to break necks when I hear that <laughs> <laughs> instead of espresso. Well, you call it a short life. <laughs> yeah, well, that could solve the problem. Yeah, so it solves the problem. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, big Daniel Ricciardo fan. Yes, we are. Um, of MotoGP, love Valentino Rossi, but I'll be honest, I probably prefer the Ducati. So I love the Ducati bikes. It sounds uh, it's a bit of a passion of mine. Well, the Ducati Italian bikes. bike. Yeah, just that's uh, an amazing, it's an amazing bike. About the sound, of the V twin is absolutely incredible. So real football soccer. Uh, follow the Italian league. I follow Juventus, as many many of my friends do, and also obviously Perth Glory. In the A League, in the Premier League, I do like Chelsea. So for myself, where do I start? Um, obviously, Perth boy. I have my own business in web design and digital marketing. It was always like a side side gig, you could call it. Yeah, passionate about soccer and uh, some other sports as well. In soccer, my team is AS Roma from the Italian capital. Followed them since I was about six years old. Uh, because I had an uncle living in Rome at the time and he sent me a Roma shirt. At the time, I was a kid, knew nothing about them, knew nothing really about soccer, and that was, I suppose, my first introduction to, to the world game. So I decided that's my team. And, uh, yeah, the rest of my family are Juventus fans. And, uh, yeah, my brothers will be listening to this, loving, <laughs> loving hearing that. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, look, I don't mind other teams. Um, Except for Inter, of course. Yeah. I mean, as a Roma fan, I should be I should hate Lazio, and uh, I do, but more of a dislike for Inter Milan. <laughs> to me, they are the team of world football to be despised the most, more than any other. And, uh, Even yeah. more than Manchester United? Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't stand that club. And that's the way it's always been. It's the way it will always be. And I think that's healthy to have those kinds of uh, sporting hatreds. <laughs> AFL, obviously grown up uh, loving the West Coast Eagles since their inception, uh, a member of the West Coast Eagles as well. So for the past two seasons, I've, I've been going to the games. Uh, before that, I was on the waiting list to, to get a seat. But now that we've got the new Optus Stadium, finally there's room for me. And that's been great. First season, having a, a seated membership, uh, we won a premiership. So couldn't complain there in 2018. Uh, yeah, and also... You know, same as Mel, like the same type of uh, the same sports and, and uh, you know, Valentino Rossi and Ferrari and, and, and the like. Perth Glory, not really fussed about following the Australian league, to be honest. I don't mind. I've got to be honest, I, I haven't watched a minute of maybe more, uh, probably more than five minutes for, oh, I don't know, maybe the past three or four seasons. I don't know, it just doesn't, I just cannot get into it. Yeah. And I don't follow 
any particular team in the English Premier League. All I, although I do, I do enjoy watching the the EPL, and I enjoyed a, f- a couple of seasons back when Leicester won the league. I thought oh, that great was story. mainly probably mainly because Claudio Ranieri, a former Roma coach, you know, he won, he was their their manager and won the league with them. And then I'll make a movie about that one day. I reckon. Yeah, there's some good stuff on on YouTube about yeah. about that so the Leicester season, um, their, their Premiership season. But yeah, I did enjoy following Leicester, so maybe there's still a little bit of a leftover soft spot for them. But uh, you know, really, I don't I don't have a, an English team. So there we go, with some better intros of ourselves. I'm not sure if there's anything else that we can cover. Pretty much it. Really. Both married. Married. Both have two kids. Two children. Two kids, yeah, which is awesome being a being a dad. It is a challenge sometimes, but it is awesome. Challenge. Very very rewarding challenge, I'd say. Would you say it's the hardest or, or not the hardest, but the most challenging thing you've ever done, oh, being a father? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But also the most rewarding. 100%. Yeah. 100%, yeah. You try and... Teach them, yeah. it's just they do those little things that frustrate sometimes, and then you'll smile sometimes. Like, yeah, oh. they drive you insane, and uh, you want to wring their neck. And then yeah. the next moment, but they'll do something which just makes you realize and makes you remember why you fell in love with them, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so easily when uh, when they first came along. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. awesome. My daughter's third birthday this weekend, she'll be turning three, it's gone by in a flash. Big piss so, up, yeah. <laughs> Big things. Yeah, we're t- I'm taking her out on the town. <laughs> taking her to the park. She's, she's taking me. <laughs> um, what, is it a frozen party or is it? I don't think there's any theme. I don't think there's any theme. What do you mean not having a theme? You got to have a theme. I've had every if, theme. Well, lately, fun. if there was going to be a theme for my daughter's party, it would have to be Peppa Pig. Oh, we had. I've had Peppa. I've yeah. had Wiggles. She's mad on Peppa Pig. Frozen. I've had. Uh, I've had Unicorn. I'm just trying to think. What was the other one I had? Ballerina, I'm telling you, I've had them all. Uh, yeah, luckily my, my daughter hasn't seen Frozen yet. She's not a she's she doesn't have the attention span so at the moment to watch a full movie. So she hasn't gotten into Frozen, but her cousins. I tell you are, what, but Frozen it, Two so hasn't it's been coming. My, my daughter loved Frozen One, not so much Frozen Two. I don't know why I haven't seen it, so I can't mm-hmm. comment. Yeah, well, the first thing I hear every morning at about six thirty is the the kitchen chair being pushed over mm. to the kitchen bench where we mm. leave the TV remote overnight so that she can get up and grab the TV remote. <laughs> and she puts it on uh, YouTube. Yeah. It's my, the TV in my house is for watching YouTube, YouTube basically, yeah. according to my daughter. So she, she knows how to use YouTube on the TV better than I do. So she puts it on YouTube and, of course, Peppa Pig mm-hmm. or Blippi. Oh, Blippi. Do you know Blippi? Blippi's a farm truck. <laughs> no. uh, he just... I don't know. He just does a heap of different kind of skits and goes to places. And oh, he's from he's a local guy, isn't he? Blippi? No, he's American. Is he? No. Yeah. What's his thought? Yeah. B L I P P I. Blippi. Blippi. Okay, that's the one. Yes, Peppa Pig. I am Peppa Pig, but you know, Peppa Pig, I find I don't like sometimes how they portray Daddy Pig. They make him look a bit. Oh, this could be a whole new podcast as well. Yeah. Although, although I love Daddy Pig, he's funny as he's funny, but well, you know, they don't make him look my favorite character. I have to say, is Pedro Pony. You know that one? No, I'll be honest, he's one of the schoolmates. I kids. haven't really got into it that deep. Yeah, I, it's probably sad, but I know I know Peppa Pig very well. <laughs> that I couldn't tell you. Ah, uh, yeah, and the songs too. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, got yeah, okay. Touch on that. The um the way it's not just the daddy pig in Peppa Pig, it's fathers in general. I noticed this. Uh, it's just so obvious in 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 my face. Mm. Uh, on mainstream TV shows, like think about Modern Family, right? That's probably oh, I haven't watched that. You've never watched no, Modern I'm, Family, okay? Well, I don't, I don't really watch a lot. That of- that's probably the ultimate stereotype of the dumbed down dad on TV. As much as that, ugh, I don't watch it anymore. But when it first started, the first few seasons, it was a very funny show, very witty. But I started getting annoyed with the way the father was so Which is ridiculed and dumbed down. The father, you mean is it Al Bundy? No, no, no. Well, him too, but he's the grandfather. Mm. Okay. Him to, a, to an extent. It's a bit of a contrast from being Al Bundy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what he was like when he was a, an American children. Well, he's not that. He's probably not that different in, <laughs> in the show, uh, to be honest. But um, I, I, put it this way, I watched a few highlights of Married Children the other day. There is no way. No, you God, couldn't make it these days. You could not make it this day. No, no chance. There's no chance. It's, yeah. Off the record, someone hilarious, but Jesus Christ, you would never, you wouldn't be able to have, yeah, you yeah, yeah, have it today. Yeah. Like, no chance. So they, in, in Modern Family, they dumb him down as the grandfather, but the father of the, I suppose, the main nuclear family, you could call it, you know, the husband and wife and the, and the three kids family. He is the real, you know, dunce, always doing, doing and saying stupid things. And the wife is the one who's kind of in control. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a comedy, but it's just, it's just a common theme, I think, of, yeah. of oh, dumbed-down fathers. I don't, I don't really watch a lot. And I think maybe, maybe now that I am a father, it, it kind of pisses me off a bit mm. to see that um, just thrown in people's, people's mm. faces um, all the time. If it was just you know, the odd one here and there, that's fine. But, you know. There are there are a lot of examples, you know, in TV shows these days and and, and mainstream media. I, I reckon of fathers being ridiculed and dumbed down, rather than being um, revered. Let's say, um, yeah. But yeah. anyway, I mean, it is it is the way it is, and there's not much you can we're going to do about it. But no, I mean, it's just. I didn't notice really on Peppa Pig. I thought, whoa, <laughs> yeah, Peppa Pig. They do it too. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Obviously, being a cartoon, I mean, it's more overt, I suppose, when it's um, you know, like The Simpsons, Homer Simpson, but it's part of the comedy as yeah. well. It is very funny. Oh, yeah, I suppose the it is very funny. Um, the Family Guy, the the father there. What's his oh, name? Peter. Peter. Right. <laughs> yes. You know. So it's see what I mean by it being a real common thread. In Peppa Pig, it's it's probably a, a slightly more subtle as a cartoon. The the dumbing down of 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 Daddy Pig, but it does make for for humour too. So there's, a, I think there's a place for it, but it's just really overdone. Yeah. I, look, I, it's never the mother, right? In any, whether it's a cartoon or or a TV show, can you think of any dumbed down mothers? No, never. It, no. You know, or the, the matriarch of the family, it's never done to. But yeah, but we can take the piss out of dad all the time. Yeah. Well, just. Uh- yeah, but I didn't notice really with Peppa Pig. Like even with Family Guy and all that, it doesn't really didn't take too much of a note. But with Peppa Pig, I I never got into um, like he couldn't Family Guy. I think much. I noticed I one episode he, was, he couldn't hang a he couldn't hang a picture frame. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he yeah he puts in a nail and it cracks all the whole wall. Um, there's there's a book about it too. Yeah. <laughs> I read it to my my daughter every second night. 
Um, I mean, that's, yeah, the book is about, you know, it's called I Love Daddy Pig and it's all about the clumsy and silly things that he does. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I think there's a there's a place for it, but I just don't like it when it's overdone, yeah. Yeah. you know, in, in media across the board. Yeah. No, I think it's enough of Pepper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, I thought that we should talk about the intro music for our podcast. Yeah, a good mate John and his son Michael put that together for us. So that's not something that we just pinched off the internet. It's actually been recorded in uh, what you could say, home a, studio. a home studio. Yeah, uh, we pretty were there. Awesome. We were there when they actually put the riff together. It's actually a pretty awesome. Home um, <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, we're we're pretty proud of our little uh, intro slash outro music. So just wanted to give a shout out and some credit to our mate John and uh, his son Michael. He probably send us a bill so don't <laughs> He can try. <laughs> but uh, you never know, he might uh, he might get on the podcast eventually as a guest if he's lucky. Great uh birth storm of 2020 it just lasted just, 6 minutes. Did you survive it? I survived and I had a bit of a bit of a few leaks in the uh, office at work and at home, but nothing major. So really had some leaks here. Yeah, yeah so some some leaks in the office because we did a little extension at the back, so they leak through there. But plug, it, it, plug those holes. Plug those holes, but it, it, you know our office is in the newest office. So yeah, what they were talking about was a massive storm. It lasted honestly five minutes, if that. So I left work last night at seven thirty, yeah. and it was pitch black. And it was a lightning show, basically. Yeah. So I walked out of the office, locked it, locked the door, turned around, and I and this lightning strike. I've, I don't think I've ever shat myself more in my life. It felt like it was a, maybe across the road and down the street. It was that. It was that close. Yeah. I don't know. It was. It was probably much further, but it lit up the whole street basically. I've never run so fast in my car. <laughs> I was out of there and uh, I was probably 35, 40 metres to my car. I, I bolted and I, I swear to God, as I was running towards the car, the thought crossed my mind, they're going to find me scorched on the pavement here on the car park tomorrow morning. I'm going get, to get struck by lightning. What a way to go. Yeah, and uh, it takes me four minutes to get home. The lightning was, was like pretty thick and fast, I tell you what. Well, they stopped. It was scary. They stopped the football last night because of the lightning. Did they? Yeah, in the second yeah. quarter. Okay. It takes me four minutes to get to and from the office, and I actually got home just as it ticked over to three minutes. That's I shaved a good quarter off it. <laughs> <laughs> I was bolting out of there. One thing I was going to bring up, last week, um, last weekend, went to Kings Park. Yep. Just for a coffee to meet up, meet up with some friends. Quiet day and, you know, nice. it was a nice sunny day. Turn in there and it's like people everywhere. It was just like, oh, I thought, geez, geez, something's going on here. You know, I wonder what's happening. Just people, swarms of people walking around everywhere, little groups of three, two. Everyone's just walking. Okay. Every single one of these people in these little groups were walking along with their heads buried in these devices, like walking together. It was a Pokemon again. It must have been, right? What is this? I have no Can idea. you explain this to me? No, I have no idea. All because right. I swear to God, I thought it was the zombie apocalypse. Mate, or I, I do remember when was it? Three, four years ago, when when it was really big. Two, three. I can't believe it's still going on. When they, my friend used to, I had a friend of mine that lived just off Kings Park there. Yeah, and went for a walk through Kings Park, and it was it was insane. I was like, what is going? Like nine o'clock at night. I was like, what is going on? That's crazy. So this is um, what do they call it? Augmented reality. Is right. that, that's not what it is. Right. That's not what it's called. 
I might have to ask my daughter because I'm going to be too old for this stuff now. Don't don't let your daughters <laughs> get into this. Oh, Seriously, no. these there were there were like parents with their kids. Okay, and okay, and I thought it's good to to get out, right? You're getting out, you're doing something together, you know, kind of in nature. But you're not even looking at it, you know. Looking at your phone. You go out to be together to do something together. Whatever this this Pokemon nonsense is about, God only knows. But you you spend the whole time. Staring at a device. What's the point of going to you know the one of the best parks in in the country, pretty much, and you spend it looking down at a device? Uh, seriously, I think people need their heads slapped. <laughs> oh, well, examined. Here we go. A bit of uh, feedback. My brother, actually, the NBN. Well, well, well. We won't start with that one. Should I read out his message? Oh, no, he was not a happy camper. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this one's for him. All right, here we go. My NBN was knocked out by the storm this morning. Optus reckons, Optus reckon it's an NBN co-issue. They're trying to fix it from their end. If not, someone will come around on Tuesday morning. Talk about that on your pod. (laughs) How our main communications infrastructure infrastructure is fucked. Good good country, Australia. I do understand his frustration and I do feel for him because he's 100% correct. Yeah. I mean, when I had my MBN installed, I had an appointment. I have Someone will be out between 8 and 12. Yeah. So I took the day off work, waited there between 8 and 12, no one turned up. Then I was on, the, on hold, I rang up and I was on hold for half an hour. Only to be told is that the guy didn't come because he didn't have the, enough material to fix the problem. I'm like, thank you very much for letting me know. I've wasted a whole day, right, and they yeah. didn't have the courtesy to call me back. Yeah. And it happened once. It happened twice. Okay. That aside, I mean, that could have been, that could have been you know, a, a tradie coming out to do, you know, to put some shelves in, in, in your garage or something like that, right? That kind of stuff happens all the time. But a courtesy calls on. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But what I mean is, that's a, that's a stereotype of tradies in general, right? You know, they come late or they don't show up at all. The bad ones. But the state of the NBN, when the technology is out of date now, anyway. How many billions of dollars has oh, been wasted? Forty, fifty billion dollars. Fifty at least. Probably is approaching sixty. <sighs> who's at Who's at fault for this? Oh, Malcolm's got a lot to answer. Malcolm. For. Yeah, it's our favourite Polly. Uh, he's got a lot to answer for it. Um, look, at the end of the day, I look at it this way. At the time when it was introduced, it was introduced so by well, Kevin Rudd and Conroe and yeah, all that. Yeah. It was fibre to the to the, to the home, home, wasn't to it? To the home, fibre to the home. And now they and then they, they change. The Melvin comes the in and changes the fibre to the curb or to the node or to whatever. The node, yeah. which is and yeah, I'm like, yeah. so if they've already stunned and spent all the money for the infrastructure to fibre to the home. And he comes in and changes it. What for? Like, might as well just left it. We've spent all the money anyway. Well, we plan to do it all anyway. What's the difference? So, and now at the end of the day, you've got fibre to the, to the, um, to the node, and then from the node, you still got the old copper line. What's the point? But isn't it a redundant technology anyway? With, yeah, uh, you think you look at like sat- what, it, what is it, satellite, satellite. internet? Well, what, at work, we don't I don't know, know what those type of plans are worth. At, at home, at, at work, we don't even use MBN. We got satellite on the roof and get straight in. Really? Yeah. Node one, we use it. Fantastic. And Highly recommend it. Do you get do you get dropouts or anything like that? Never. All right. 
highly, very, 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 very. So that's just bypassing the NBN. Don't even use NBN. Saddle on top of the roof. Yeah. Comes in. That's the way it should be across the country. I'll tell you, I'm getting 70.5 megabits per second. Jeez, that's pretty good. All right. I've never had that fast. One thing I watched a couple of days ago was the documentary about Adam Goods, The Australian Dream. Oh, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen no, that? I haven't seen that. Interesting. Yeah? Yeah, watch it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I tried to watch it with an open mind, like um, both that documentaries are made to influence the way you think of things, one, you know, to, to the way to their kind of thinking. And, you know, that whole that whole thing was about, you know, Adam Goods being booed towards the last couple seasons of his career and how it was, you know, being made made out that, that it was all about him, you know, the fans being racist towards him and that type of thing. And with no doubt there was that element for sure. Oh, there's always going to be an element of racism, yeah. but that doesn't mean that everyone. I don't think everyone was. I think it was just a lot of people just being cheap as well. Um, and and toward the, Adam Goods is an absolute superstar player. Yeah. Uh, Jewel Brown and medalist. You know, yeah. I mean, because I think grand finalist. to some extent, I, I think he didn't help his cause. Oh, I don't. Look, towards the end. But also, nothing he did deserved what he copped. No, he sure. If you look at the beginning of his career to the end of his career, he did stage a little bit towards the end of his career compared to compared yeah. to what he did like in the beginning of his career. And at the end of the day, people, any sport does that, you're gonna you, people are not gonna get I, I don't think it was mostly about. I think maybe it was a little bit about staging, maybe a little bit initially. I, I, okay. no, but, but I don't think it ended up being about that. When he called out that Collingwood, that young girl, thirteen yeah. year old girl, or twelve or thirteen year old girl, whatever she was, right. I mean, he, he just, I don't think he saw who it was in the crowd. He just heard her voice, you know, call him, call him a derogatory term. And once he pointed to her, that was it. Like, yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't not point to her. He couldn't take that back. And that was it. The security guys threw her out. And, yeah. but what was done to her was not right. No, okay. well, she's 12 years old. And look, she was held without her, without her oh, mother or grandmother, whoever she was with for like two hours. It was rough, right? That was just not on. Like, whatever. If she was if she was going to be kicked out, she should have had her parent or guardian with her. That was mm. she's not on to to take out the young girl on her own like that. But um, yeah, I think the pile on I suppose started because you know people didn't like that. I suppose it was seen like she was all the blame or or you know she was called racist. Okay, I don't know if she was. I mean, what she said was a racist thing to say. I don't think that you could say that she was a racist person. She probably just said things that she'd heard, okay, without even mm-hmm. connecting it to to race. That's what it seemed to me. But once that that snowball had started, it was too late. You know, it was like you know, and then he didn't help himself the next day when he said, "Racism has a face, and it's a twelve year old girl." Okay, and that just yeah, that just didn't sound quite right. And then you got people like you know uh, Andrew Bolt talking about and saying those type of things, you know, he didn't like how he's dumped this girl, he's dumped this girl on him. Because if anyone's going to be, you know, called out for racism, fair enough, someone, you know, should be made an example of. But the one that was chosen for it, I think that is what got people offside. Yeah. Right? So because of that, people were like, that's it, you know, we're going to get you back. Which, I don't know, is that a form of racism in, in itself? 
I don't. I, I'm not sure That's how you, how you define podcast, it. That one. I know. I know. It's. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure where to go with that, but it's it's a really interesting and and I suppose thought provoking documentary. So I watched it, like I said, with an open mind, trying to think of, but you know, basically put yourself in his shoes, because you know, as an indigenous person, you don't know their experience, their life experience. Oh, yeah. Okay, and their thought process can come with a lot of, I suppose, baggage in a way, of of past wrongs that have been done to them, things like that. So, you know, you can look at, look at it and say, oh, you know, what, what, you know, bit of booing wasn't racist, but you're not that person mm. and you're, you, sure. don't, you don't know how someone takes something, you know. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, I'm not the type of person that's going to go to the footy and, and abuse someone in any sense. You know, definitely not in a racist way, but, but even I remember the first time, one of the first times I ever went to the footy, uh, was in the probably late 80s of the Eagles at Subiaco Oval. Went to see Eagles against Hawthorne. Um, and they were a damn good team at that time. Oh, they had a fantastic team back in the late 80s. And at, at one point, the ball came. I was standing pretty much on near the close to the fence. It was standing everywhere at that time. Subiaco Oval was, was very different mm. to, to the way it ended up being. And one time, the ball came out right near where I was. And um, John Platten. Remember Johnny Platten? Johnny Platten, the rack. Yeah, great, great player. Great player. For some reason, he, he ran off the, the pitch, like kind of chasing the ball, and he, and he kind of stopped himself up against the fence. And so he was like, as far, you know, as, far as we are apart, like across the desk, like a metre away. And I just yelled out, Platten, you, you something, all right? Just leave it at that. I don't know why. It's just you're at the footy and it's the thing to do. You just get, yeah. you know, caught up in the moment. And I was, what was I, 10 years old? But as soon as I said it, I regretted it. Mm. And I've never done something like that ever again. Yeah, I don't know why. Just, mm. People just get caught up. You know? I'd like to speak to, like, a, uh, an Indigenous footballer from the late 80s, early 90s, because they would have experienced Real, oh for sure, racism. For sure. I mean, you start with you talk of the like, Nicky Wimmer, you know, Michael Long. You know, well, we know Nicky Wimmer yeah, exactly. Um, Michael Long too. The Cracker yeah. Brothers. Yeah. You know, um, Phil Narkel, Troy Eagle, all these players. They would have experienced racism. Chris Lewis. I was going to say even Chris Lewis. Chris I mean, Lewis, I think wasn't you know? when he bit Todd Viney, Was that? Um, was there something about oh, about I don't know. about that there? I don't know. I'm just trying to remember the story. Or, I can't remember the full full story. I was a young kid. Or back it was then. just that he was being poked in the face. I don't or know. Poked in the mouth. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I suppose someone sticks their hand in your mouth. What are you going to do? What's your natural instinct? I suppose to no, yeah, to, to, to bite. You know, if you you got yourself, you, you're in a headlock. You do whatever you can. I really, to but I, I, I believe they experienced. I oh, no doubt about it. You know, no especially when Nicky Miller with that famous photo. I mean, could you imagine? What he would have copped at Victoria Park. Oh, apparently him and, and Gilbert McAdam. Oh, Gilbert McAdam. Yeah, there's another great Both player. of them that day. Yeah, they were both speaking in, in this documentary too. So, so, you know, it's it's really interesting. You should watch it. It's on mm. ABC IV. Yeah. See what you think. Um, yeah, but they were both copying it. Like, you know, those, this, is, this is why I don't understand why you, you got a soft spot for Collingwood. Those fans are feral, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm a soft spot for Collingwood. I'm one because I like the colours. Number two, my nephew and my brother-in-law, big Collingwood supporters, and they yeah. kind of turned me a bit. Right. And I'll be honest, I went to the, I think it was the 2009 or 2010 Anzac Day game. Yeah, and, I would have um, supported Essendon. I 
not a fan of Essendon, so Essendon, <laughs> I really don't like them. I don't know what you got against I Essendon. Put, like the, put that, you know, the drug scandal no, off the drug aside. You've never, really you never liked them. Before. Never liked them, you know, from day one, you know. I, well, because I always liked the baby bomb, the baby bombers, right, and James Hurd especially. Great player, fantastic yeah. player, great player, no question about it. Just never liked it. James Hurd could put the ball on your chest on the run, you know, fifty, you know, fifty meters away. Just brilliant, no question about it. Fantastic, one of the greatest players ever to play the game. But I just don't like Essendon. All right. And so when I went to watch that game, I went first. I went to the well back then it was the Lexus Center, now it's the Holden Center. Holden Centre for the rest of the year, then after that, you yeah. have to find a new sponsor. But uh, I went there once, actually. A few years back when I went to Melbourne, I was there for the Springsteen concerts because, yeah, the shows were at Rod Laver Arena. So I just, and, you know, I was, like, lining up to, you know, to get the, you know, close spot. But during the day, I just, one day I walked across the road and went to the, um, the Lexus Centre there. And I was just looking, they got, you know, like memorabilia and stuff. Yeah, and I, I really appreciated the memorabilia, the yeah. history. Um, the passion of the and it was full of Collingwood supporters and you know, there was some old players there, you know, talking. It mm. was fantastic and it was like you know, I really appreciated and respected the the, the passion that the Collingwood supporters have got. So, hats off to them that day there. I donned the black and white. You wore something. No, I didn't wear a Collingwood. I, I had a jumper which was black and white. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was support. I, know, I supported Collingwood. All right then. Uh, and ever since then, like I said, I've had a, I've had a spot, soft spot for, for Collingwood, which comes to a shock to a lot of Eagles supporters and even Collingwood supporters. It comes as a shock to me because you're <laughs> telling me something they've never told me before, that's for sure. But <laughs> it I comes know. to a shock, like, even uh, I know, a couple of Collingwood supporters and they go, oh, you're a West Coast supporter, you're a you know, typical West Coast. This and I said, mate, I actually like Collingwood. Oh, bull, oh, bull, bull, you're lying, you're lying, you're just saying that. Do you like Richmond as well? No, can't How stand. about the Dockers? No, can't stand. No. All right. Don't like the Dockers, there. don't like Richmond, definitely don't like Essendon. Oh. I never used to like North Melbourne, but, again, I've got a brother right now who supports them, so I've come around to North Melbourne. It frustrates me when you get people that um, they, they follow both the Eagles and the Dockers. That annoys me. But like, my mother is one of the oh, – she's okay. a new supporter. But, she but because Dockers. they're from WA. From, they're from Perth, so she goes – No, no. No, do you think that Man United supporters follow Manchester or like Manchester City oh, as well? De- definitely not. Do you think Liverpool supporters hope that F- Everton win no, when they're not playing not. against each no, other? No, no. The interim, no. The AFL should have relegation. The Dockers should get relegated and never come back. Unfortunately, that's the problem. that's the way I feel about the Dockers. Unfortunately, the problem with the AFL is that you don't have relegation. We're on Facebook as well. Uh, forgot to mention that before. So. Um, if anyone wants to send us any suggestions, first of all, like us, like our page on Facebook. Obviously, it's just called Chronicles on the Fly Podcast. Search for that on Facebook. Like and subscribe and whatever you do there on Facebook, and we'll throw up the odd post here and there. What else you got, Mel? Oh, I've got a couple of things. I want to talk about the Chinese swimmer, Mr. Sun Yang. Remember Sun Yang, the Chinese swimmer? No. The one that Matt Horton, the Australian yeah, okay. swimmer, didn't That's want to stand up? what I thought it was. What about him? What's he done? Apparently, he's just been banned for eight years for breaking anti-doping rules. <laughs> really? So now you look at Matt Horton, he's actually... <laughs> okay. Can't blame him. You know I, I, on the way here, I was actually listening to how, I think it's Matt Horton's old school uh, uh, opening a new, a new pool or you know something like that. 
pool, pool house, whatever you want to call it, and they were going to name it after him, but they've decided not to. Ridiculous. Because I think they want to attract Chinese students. And so not to offend them, because Matt Corden called out this Chinese swimmer, they've decided not to. Why? Uh, really? I don't know. Um, that's unbelievable. Firstly, why would you tell people that you were going to call it after him anyway? Um, uh, off the record, I've always been a believer, and my brother kind of made a good point about this and I've taken it on board. You should never call something or a place or a stadium or after a living person. After a living person, yeah. Because Obviously, all- Margaret Court is a prime example at the moment. Whether you agree with her or you don't, you know what I mean? A lot of controversy has been spread Oh, that's up. disgraceful how she's being treated. I'm sorry. Regardless whether you agree with it or not, you know, I mean, personally, I think I believe in free speech. That's me. Regardless, it's, this wouldn't have been such a big controversy if her name wasn't on the Margaret Court Arena. Hence, by Bob Hawke School now. Straight after he died, they called it Bob Hawke School. Yeah, yeah, and not long before that, you know, him, that story came out about how he covered up his daughter's rape. Right? Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Well, we'll never know. Well, exactly. As it's not proven, so what can you do? It was already in plan to to call call the school after him. Yeah, but unfortunately, he's passed on, so you never know. Yeah, exactly. It just it goes with him, doesn't it? Margaret Court. Mm-hmm. She's the greatest female tennis player ever still. Mm-hmm. Still is, especially also if you take into account her doubles record. You, she won. Heap, she won a heap of doubles as well. So if you want to compare her to Serena Williams, well, Serena Williams doesn't have the doubles record even that uh, Margaret Court does, and uh, you know she wasn't. She's not using a wooden racket either. Yeah, well, definitely, yeah. A wooden racket makes things. Um... So yeah, Margaret Court for sure. I think is is easily the greatest player ever but um i've got no problem with her her reputation now aside i've got no problem with you know the fact that they called it margaret court arena what's the big deal she's like oh, just uh, her, her record speaks for itself so not, not disputing about her record i just think you know it just avoids a controversy while people you know? are alive, oh, people alive they, they've still... got a chance to do start something well, could you imagine if yeah. they caught well, okay here's, here's one for you what if they called the um, Heath Ledger Stadium um, Theatre before or Ralph Harris Stadium or Ralph, Ralph Harris Theatre. Who's Ralph Harris? Ralph Harris. Oh, Ralph Harris. Oh, Ralph Harris, yeah. Yeah, okay. You, know you, would, have, yeah. you <laughs> would have to change the name. Exactly. Definitely. You know? So, All right. But hang on. There's a little bit of a difference there being, you know, a pedophile, the scum of the earth, versus having opinions and speaking your mind yes, that people I'm don't agree with. About, that, I'm just talking about con- I'm talking about controversies and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. As in, like, would you... Yeah, okay. If, if that had been called Rolf Harris Theatre, for example, definitely you would have to change that. Oh, and, and fair enough. Absolutely. And fair enough. Yeah. I've got no... That's why, I like, yeah, I did agree with that comment. And said, once they're passed on, all means, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, okay. to but even with it's Margaret good, Court, even with Margaret Court, I reckon that if if you took an an honest poll of every Australian that yeah. you can't force everyone to have an opinion, mm. but everyone who that who that does have an opinion, I reckon it would fall more in her favour than against. Oh, 
like, like I said, I have no problem with what she said because I'm a believer in free speech. Okay. Whether you agree, it's not the fact of, agree of agreeing with, with what she said, but that the fact that she's allowed to say it, mm. okay? Oh. And I think that I think that it's been overblown what she said as well because yeah. I think a lot of what she said has been put on her, right? Words put in her mouth, mm. things that she didn't say yeah. as well. Yeah. Right. I, I don't want to go into any further detail yeah. on that, but I, that's what I think. I, I personally think she's got a fantastic record. Um, and I'm a believer in free speech. Yeah, I actually spoke to her once around um, when my son was born. Mm. Um, she, I ran into her at the uh, in the car park at the hospital because she, because through her church, she does a lot of. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what she does, but she goes to hospitals and, and sees people, and uh, I suppose you know ministers or whatever you want to call it to them. Okay. Anyway, she was she was arriving as I was leaving in the car park, and um, I had a quick chat with her, and she was lovely. Mm. Oh, she was really yeah. nice. Apparently, she does some amazing, amazing work for homeless people. Yeah, and um, people in need. So anyway, I've got no problem with her. So mm. I mean, the fact is, whatever she said, she was asked her opinion. All right. I think, you know, she was doing an interview. She's, she's done interviews, been asked her opinion and given her honest opinion. Okay. If people don't like it, well, she was asked. She's not just trying to put it in your face. But anyway, that's my opinion. Just curious. Um, oh, we're on tennis. Your thoughts on Dylan Orcock? Um, the disabled tennis player. Dylan Orcock, I think. He's an absolute star. He, yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. A star at what he does. I don't know if I'd ever watch a full match of it, um, of, of wheelchair tennis. But, yeah, no doubt that at that sport, he's the best He's the best at it. Yeah. And all credit what, to him. What are your thoughts on? Okay. So men and women get the same money. In tennis? In no. Tennis. No. no. Women should play three sets. Me, or, uh, should play five sets. I don't, and I don't think they're physically incapable of that. Uh, what I'm saying is, if if men play, if men and women get the same, why can't a guy in a wheelchair get the same as? Why should he be punished and not get the same money as what? If the women, like, well, I think that women and the men are getting the same money. I mean, he, man, that's tough. What he's doing is tough, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's 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 an interesting one there, actually. Um, I mean, like you know, obviously he plays, he plays three down. sets. He plays three sets, just like the women do. Yeah, right. And the men play five sets. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So why does obviously it comes down to the money provided in the sport, right? By sponsorship and and also by by the tournaments. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's never going to happen. But you, you, oh, my point is it, like, being being really realistic, realistic. That's never going to happen. But if you think about it in terms of the women's game, should you know being treated equally as the men's game in terms of prize money, then yeah, technically. The wheelchair game should be treated the same as well, technically. Technically, that's why. That's what I'm like. Where where'd you come up with this? Because I haven't heard anyone calling for this. Um, I was having a discussion with a relative of mine, so and the person made a good point. Said, "Well, if the you know if the men are playing five sets, the women are playing three sets, and this guy's playing three sets, why can't he get the same money?" Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. And this is interesting, actually, because then you, if you take into account. Okay, there's the workload. Let's call it the workload, right? Three sets versus five sets. Three sets for women versus five sets for men. I believe that women are capable of playing the five sets, right? Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I think they are. I think they've got the fitness for it. 100%. Yeah. 
because some games can be over in an hour and people not getting what they're, what they're paid for. As a spectator. You know, As a spectator. spectator, yeah. But then on the other hand, take, take NBA versus WNBA because this is a similar argument. People are calling for the w, women's NBA to be paid the same as, as the NBA, and that doesn't come down to workload, right, because they play the same amount of minutes, I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I assume. Yeah. I don't know if they play, play the same number of games across the season. I'm not sure about that. But just, you know, game for game, they, they, they play the same. They, do this, they have the same workload in a game, four quarters, right? So that obviously just comes down to popularity. Tennis has overridden the popularity and the workload. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you, yeah. you know, you know where I'm getting that. Yeah, that? I know I, I don't, I'm not trying to say something controversial. I'm just saying it's, it's so, so in comparison, if the women's game in tennis, the women's tennis did play five sets, just like the women's basketballers play the same amount as the men's basketballers, right? You, can, can you see what, what, what I mean? Like, then, then there could still be an argument for women not getting the same amount yeah. as, as the men. Not an argument for it, but, you know, the same kind of logic as the no. basketball, yeah. as, as why they as the would And another thing that came to my mind about it was that the Australian Open, whether it's the, the men, the female, the wheelchair, the doubles or the big doubles, yeah. it's all played at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not played at different... <laughs> Different times of the year. It's all at the same time in the same tournament. Mm. You know? So, what yep. makes this particular tennis player worth less than this particular tennis player? Well, just because he's in a wheelchair? Well, he's still playing in the same tournament. Yeah. He's still playing the Australian Open at the same time. It's, it, yeah, well, at the end of the day, that it so, comes down to. Because at the end of the day, the people, yeah, people what, 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 what earns money? Yeah, but who's the major sponsor for the, for the, for the Australian Open, who was it? Was it? it might be Kia. I don't know. Or whoever the, the major yeah. sponsor was, they sponsored the Australian Open. And the Australian right. Open consists of the men's, the women's, the mixed doubles. The so that sponsorship <clears throat> money should be divided. Why shouldn't it be divided evenly between each stream of the tournament? Why shouldn't it be? Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I can see an argument for it. It's hard. You can't say no. Because no, I, I mean, I don't know. I just that. haven't heard anyone calling for that in the media. Oh no, McCoffer! But I was like, why? Why wouldn't he? Why shouldn't he? What does he make roughly? I, I think I actually heard, might have heard that he only earns something like fifty grand for winning the tournament. Yeah, and the, women, it, and the men and the women win like how many million? That's a bit of a, a, a an ugly disparity. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look here. So the winner for the singles gets four point one two million for both men and women. Yeah, right. And does it have the prize money for the doubles, the, the mixed doubles? doubles. Seven hundred sixty thousand, and the mixed doubles one hundred ninety thousand. What? That's a big drop from doubles to mixed doubles. Well, that's what it says. That's what it says. Yeah. Like, why would you bother with mixed doubles? And does it does it have the wheelchair winners I'm not prize sure money? If it has the wheelchair points. Doesn't have the. No, I can see. I can see it. Well, he's not going to be making as much as four million dollars, is he? <laughs> He's definitely going to be making $4 million. Yeah, that's, give the bloke a couple hundred grand at least. Yeah. Jeez. Or they just take the whole prize pool money and divide it equally along each stream. Mm. 
But the thing is, it's not, that's not going to happen because it's a capitalist structure, right? Yeah. You could say. So it's going to be based on the money that that brings into tennis, okay, or the tournament itself, okay. So, I mean, even I suppose even women's tennis does it bring in as much money as the men's tennis in terms of. You know, doubles doesn't bring in as much as the singles. Mm. Mixed doubles doesn't bring in as much as even doubles and even, you know, and, and obviously singles. And then, and then the wheelchair version, you know, like I said before, you know, I, I probably wouldn't watch a full game. I might, I might live if I went to it live, but I probably wouldn't watch a full game on TV. Mm. But if I happen to be in Melbourne during the Australian Open and – you know, I had the opportunity to go to a game because what else am I going to do? I'm there for the tennis anyway. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to go to a wheelchair game. I'd probably go. I'd go. It's that, it actually doesn't even tell me what, how much he, he made on the internet. Oh, how much? <laughs> Just said he raised $40,000 for the bushfires. Yeah, that's – yeah, actually, that's right. Yeah, he did. I wonder how much he donated himself. Like, did he give forty grand himself? Yeah, apparently. Out of out of winning, I think fifty or something like that. I think I think the prize money was fifty. I might be wrong, but I think I think I remember hearing something like that. So in that case, he's he's picked up ten grand for the tournament. <laughs> right, right? And but then again, this bloke goes around the world winning every bloody tournament. Oh, he's good at what <laughs> he's he does. A, yeah, he's a star. Yeah, he's good at what he does. He and he's actually good. really funny. You know, if you ever seen no, him, he's, he's, a, he's a good bloke. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I like seeing him on TV. Oh, um, yeah, he's a good guy. On the subject of, you know, sports people in wheelchair, I reckon one of the most inspirational ones, apart from um, Dylan Alcott, is Kurt Fernley. You know, you know who he is? No, I can't say I do. He's um, like a wheelchair racer. I think he's retired now. But he's won a shitload of gold medals in the, in the Paralympics, like, three or four Paralympics or something. But yeah, you look him up. Um, and he actually walked the um, Kokoda track, I don't know how many years oh, ago. Oh, is that the guy on his yeah, hands? Yeah, yeah, on his hands. He doesn't have legs. Yeah. The bloke's a champion. Yeah, there was um, you know, that, that SBS program with Julia Zamiro, um, something at home. Oh, I can't remember, but, yeah, there was a documentary about him. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Really top, interesting bloke. I've always liked, you know, listening to him talk and, and whenever I see, like, an interview of him, I always pay attention. He's just a champion. Interesting. I might have to look that one up, actually. Yeah, Kurt Fernley, champion. I'm not sure. Was he Australian of the Year or? Dylan or Kurt? No, no, no. Kurt Fernley. Kurt Fernley. Sure. I think he's, he's had some award, yeah. Australian of the Year awards. Yeah. And probably Dylan Alcott has as well. Oh, I'm sure. He definitely deserves it. <laughs> oh, mate, what he's done for wheelchair tennis. Would you have even thought about wheelchair tennis? Prior to Dylan. Well, how long have, have they actually been playing it? Well, he must have played it for a while. He's won six or seven Australian Opens. And plus Wimbledon's and everything else he's won. And then when um, it was actually my brother, he brought her up to me. And he was like, you know what? That makes a good point. Why shouldn't he get paid mm. substantially more? There's so much money. I mean, yeah. Even I mean, if he's like, not like, going to get like, four okay, million, like, shit. Okay. Give him something okay. that, he's, uh, that he's set up okay, for life. Surely, yeah. surely that the, the winner gets 4.12 million, right? Yeah. Both male and female. Why couldn't they get paid 3 million or 3.5 and give a million to, to him? Is that such a big... No, no, no I agree. Huh? Yeah, but in that case, you would have to... There'd be an argument also to bump up the prize money for the other 
Yeah. <laughs> mixed double, mixed doubles, hundred grand or whatever that is. That's nothing. That's, that's nothing. But you know, they should. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, there's 71 million dollars in the prize pool mm. in, in the Australian Open. That's a lot of money. Have you seen this story about uh, the Houston Houston Astros? Uh, which one was that one? Houston Houston Astros. They were um, no the baseball team. Yeah, right? the baseball. Yeah. So they won the World Series. Oh yes, 2017. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And what they were doing was um, they had someone spying on, you know, in baseball they do the, the signals for, yeah. you know, pitcher to catcher of what they're going to pitch. So they had someone spying on the signals and sending signals to the batter so he knew what pitch was coming, right? <laughs> and they did this for like seasons. I think, I think something like two seasons. And they won a World Series doing this. Uh... But I don't think it's against the law. It's, I don't think it's against the rules. I think it's against, it's against the morals. Ethically. But I don't, I don't know if there's going to be any punishment for it. Like, like, like they can't take the World Series off them. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't know if, if, well, if what's happening there. They but, were just smarter. So what they were doing was um, for a particular pitch, for just one example, for a particular pitch they would have a, a, like a metal bin in the dugout. So before the pitch came, there was like a cam, probably like a camera set up, look staring down, you know the the catcher, so they knew what signal the the catcher the catcher was giving the pitcher, right? So they knew what was coming, and they would whoever was looking at this camera would tell the dugout, and then the dugout would make a signal by the number of bangs on the bin that the batter would hear. You know, you follow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he would know what. Um, and I, I might not have it ex- exactly 100% right, but you know what I mean? They were finding out what the pitch was coming and then signa- signaling to the batter. And there's even, they've even been accused of having some kind of buzzer on like, like strapped to their chest type of thing as well because you don't always, when they're showing the, the, you know, these old replays, you don't always hear the, the bin being banged. So people are wondering, well, how else did they know? They must have had a buzzer or something you know, strapped to their bodies. Interesting. Sickening, actually. Uh, is it against the rules? Uh, I don't think it's technically against the rules, but even if they've got to bring it in, they've got to, they've got to change that somehow. Yeah, was, if that was the Yankees, I'd be like, geez, that's that's gross. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want the Yankees to win like that. Did they break the rules? Did they break the rules? I don't know. I'm not an expert on on this area. And well, baseball's always a bit iffy with the it's, Yeah, I don't know. You know, um, it's an ugly way to win. So uh, let's wrap it up and like us on Facebook, Chronicles on the Fly. Cheers. <laughs>